0: Everything, like that video, just encapsulate what we're all about. And uh, I think it works perfect for our series as we continue in family. And uh, man, what a joy uh, to see the family of God and the extended family reaching out and saying, you're welcome here. Your chains can fall off in this place. You could find Jesus. So today uh, we are going to look at singles we're going to focus specifically on singles i asked campus pastors to do a little bit of that and family and i felt like i wanted to do a little bit more so we're like singles and then next week with mother's day uh, i'm going to talk about no perfect parents all right and so those of you that just got a heads up for your mother's day you can thank me later all right it's Mother's Day next week. Now, um, Becca and I uh, on Saturday morning uh, spent some time with several of our interns, and they were saying, hey, what do you preach on, what you're preaching on? And I said, I'm preaching on single, uh, in the family of God, being single as part of the church. And uh, they're like, oh, that's great. And then one of the guys said, hey, can you tell my mom to ease up on me? He said, like, tell her I don't have to get married. It's not about giving her grandchildren. Ease up. So there it is. Close circuit. All right. <laughs> I won't say his name. All right, but anyways, uh, I want to say up front that the church has put a lot of pressure on singles, has had bad theology, uh, has had judgment. Uh, the church as a whole has not done very well with this, and I hope today this is a, a small step in the right direction towards those that are single in the church. Those are living single right now. Um, we're going to build on this. You can't cover it all in one sermon. But uh, I believe this is gonna be a step in the right direction. I do wanna say a couple people helped me out on the sermon right up front. Pastor Lindsay Willis just gave me some great insight. Uh, Pastor Jeff Grinnell, who's in our church, he's a youth specialist, an author, and he gave me some stuff. And then an article from Rebecca Eklund. Great, great resource there. Now stick with me. I wanna give you a few stats and we'll get into the word of God. Trust me, there's tons of scriptures today. Um, But in America, 31% of adults are single. 31% of adults are single, and what's interesting is those that are youngest, between 18 and uh, 27, and those that are older, between 65 and above, those are the two groups that are the heaviest in single, and it's interesting as they've studied men and women, men and women are single at different times in their life, so not only are there different groups that are single, but there's men are single at a certain time, women are certain, and you'll see this, so it's it's a big part of what's going on in America. Uh, 50% of those that are single are not looking for a spouse, okay? I thought that might get an amen from somebody, you know, all right, yeah. 50%, they're not looking for a spouse. Now, incidentally, 32% that do get married, uh, their family and friends introduced them, 18% found their spouse at work, 17% at school, 12% 12 online, 5% at church, all right? But half of them are not looking, okay? So church, ease up. Ease up. I remember when our oldest son, Connor, was single and uh, his mom and I, we would just be like, what about her? She's cute. What about her? She's in church. She's raising her hand, worshiping. What about her? What about her? You know, and, and, you know, and after a while, he's like, stop, just stop, stop. Okay. I'm okay where I'm at. Stop. Okay. We're like, okay. All right. We're going to do that. And little did we know that God had Alexia for him, that she would slide into the DMs and they would start a relationship online. And, and praise God, we love our new daughter-in-law. But church, ease up. It's good. It's easy. You know, it's okay that people are single. It's good that people are single. There's an article, 10 Ways That We Unintentionally Make Singles Feel Invisible in the Church, by Brenda Rogers. And I think we have these things. They can throw them on the screen. I'll, I'll go through these quick, but... We believe, Now, now, this is not our statements, this is ways that we make them feel invisible, but we believe and act like singles always have an ulterior motive for a spouse, it's wrong. We don't use singles as a sermon illustration, it's always married, it's always children. We don't talk to singles like adults, that's wrong, we've got to change that. Sometimes the church conveys the message that singleness is a sin, it's so wrong, it's actually the opposite of that. We believe and suggest, again, remember, these are not statements, but we believe and suggest singles are doing something wrong or that something is wrong with them. So sorry for that. We, the church assumes that uh, singles are involved in a sexual sin. They just assume that, okay? It's a real temptation, but there are a lot of people living pure lives as singles, and they don't have a badge that says Purity Badge 101, but they're just living it out, Okay? Another thing, we convey the message sometimes that sanctification or completion only comes in marriage. That's wrong. We don't allow singles to lead. We're like, yeah, if you were married, we'd let you lead this. No, that's wrong as well. That's not the way our church, if you're single, we want you to lead. Okay, uh, we, we group singles with the wrong age group. I mean, we're like, well, we'll, we'll start a singles group. And uh, I'll give you an example, two people that are single. Pastor Ben, one of our worship leaders is single. My mom, Isabel, is single. They should not be in the same group. <laughs> I don't think they should be in the same room. That's just me. Another thing is we don't serve singles. We don't serve, it's all about family ministry, family ministry, family ministry, family. And I'm sorry again for that. I want to start out with this. First of all, there's nothing wrong with being single. We don't have to fix anyone that's single. All right. There's nothing wrong. Being married is not the fix. Being in Christ is the fix. That's where the fix is. You may not realize this, but if you're married, your marriage is only for earth. Okay. It doesn't last for eternity. It doesn't last for eternity. Marriage is only for earth. It doesn't last in eternity. Uh, Matthew 22, verse 30, it says, at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven, okay? So marriage is a covenant relationship here on earth, but it's not in heaven, the only covenant relationship that is, that is important, that is honored, that is recognized in heaven is the covenant that Jesus gives us, the new covenant that he gives us by dying on the cross for us and paying the price for our sins. You know, this is what he said in Luke 22. He's doing communion and he says, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So that's the only thing, the only covenant that will be recognized in heaven. The covenant that's on earth in marriage will not be recognized in heaven. The only one that will be recognized is the covenant of Jesus Christ, that you receive the forgiveness of sin, that his blood covers your sins, and you're in that covenant relationship with him. Okay? Now, as, as a husband, I think it's a good thing that I won't be married in heaven, like that. That covenant is over because when we get to heaven, how many know all the husbands are going to see how amazing Jesus is? And if we recognized our spouse in heaven as our spouse, we just walk around heaven the whole time going, I am so sorry for not loving you enough. Jesus loves the church so much more. I am so sorry. I really was a loser on earth. All right. I am so sorry. So that's why, you know, all right. So we don't have to worry about that. All right. So many people act like it's forever, and it's not. It's not. Being in Christ is what sets your value. Pastor Lindsay said this. She said, marriage doesn't define my value or determine my worth. Only God does that. Only God does that. So this covenant relationship with Jesus Christ is what will be recognized in heaven. It's where you have your value. It's where you have your worth. And so here's here's what Paul, the apostle Paul, and he wrote a lot about being married, being single. And we're gonna use a lot of what he said in 1 Corinthians 7. But this is what he says about this with value in 1 Corinthians 7 17. Don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines your life. Don't think I'm being harder on you than the others. I give this same counsel in all the churches. Man, he's saying God defines your worth. God sets your value. That completeness is in him, not marital status. And yet again, the church is so many times like, oh, you're almost there. No, you're not almost there. If you know Jesus, you're there. You're there. So God defines our life now. And just to be clear, um, Jesus was single, okay? He was never married. I don't care what Da Vinci Code said, all right? Jesus was never married, all right? Never married, and Fulfilled the purpose that God the Father had for him. Lived the full life. The Apostle Paul was single. He said that in 1 Corinthians 7, like, stay like I am, single, okay? Augustine, an early church father, single. David Brainerd, again, a great missionary, single, living for Jesus. Francis Asbury, Amy Carmichael, a missionary in India that rescued girls out of human sex trafficking, single, saying, I'm, I'm fulfilled. This is how God wired me and how he made me. I'm on mission. I have my completeness in Jesus Christ. Jeff Grinnell in his book, um, Gen Sex Y Z, that is actually the title of his book, all right? He wrote a book for Gen Z about sexuality, and he's a youth specialist. He's in our church. Most of the time, he's out traveling on the road, but a few times, he's with us on the weekend at our city campus. He said this, there is enough pressure in society that it forces people to unhealthy marriage and away from healthy singleness. Let's not add to the pressure. I think that's a good word for the church. We want people, if, if God's called them, if that's where they're serving God and they found their completeness in Christ being single, we're not gonna push you and force you into something that may not be for you. Because this is what Colossians 2.10 says. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Let me say that again. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He's the head over every power and authority. So there's, there's nothing wrong with, with being single. Single don't need to be fixed, all right? Now, when asked about this, Jesus actually endorses being single. When asked about being single or being married, people are quizzing. Now, Jesus doesn't say a lot about being single, but he does say something very big about being single. He doesn't say, "Woof, singles, pray for him. You know, he doesn't do that. He actually endorses being single and serving God being single in Matthew chapter 19 verse 12 it says this some are born without the ability to marry and some are disabled by men and some refuse to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven let anyone who can accept my statement so Jesus gives three categories and he says, there are some people based on a physical disability that they have, they're unable to marry. He said, that's okay. That's one category. He said, others have been made unable to be married by someone else. And in their day, a king would sometimes take people that would serve them and, and castrate them and make them eunuchs. But you would see that they would say, We're going to do this to you so you cannot have a family. You won't even think about going into marriage. You're going to do this and you're going to serve me as the king. He wasn't endorsing that, but he was saying that happens in this world. And there's some people that won't get married in that category because something has happened to them. And then he said, But there's a third category. He said, These people, they choose to be single. You know, the first two, they can't, and the third one chooses. And he said, this person chooses to serve God in the kingdom being single. And he says, they will choose singleness and really sexual abstinence because of their kingdom commitment. That's how they're gonna live it out. Now, I opened it up, and I'll go down that road for just a second around sexual abstinence because let me say this, Singleness without sexual abstinence is not godly singleness. I'm just gonna say that so it's very real, okay? But the apostle Paul wrote this in the Bible. He said, Singleness, you gotta be sexually pure. There has to be sexual abstinence, okay? And he said, in 1 Corinthians 7 9, he says, But if you can't control yourself, go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn the lust. So he's like, it's okay, you can get married. You can be saying, but if you're going to be single, you're going to have to live this out in sexual abstinence. Now, some people would say, well, well, again, that's not fair. That's not fair. Like, you know, well, again, Paul says, like, if you're going to be single, you're going to live this in this purity. If that's not something you can do, go ahead and get married. Okay. But there are others that say, well, it's not fair. I'm, I'm not going to get married and I'm going to have all this temptation and I'm going to give a newsflash to singles that have never been married. Being married does not end your sexual temptation. It may lessen certain areas of it, but it does not lessen it. It does not eliminate it. It does not take it away. You still have to put a guard up to live sexually pure in marriage. So living pure as a single and fulfilled again." Jesus did, Paul did, Augustine, these people lived it. And in a hypersexual culture where it seems like sex is the ultimate, you've got to realize knowing Christ is the ultimate. It, the, the world has made it almost like that's the end-all, be-all, ultimate. And as they chase this, it's an empty chasing. And that's why you're seeing such sexual deviancy and you're seeing things go crazier and crazier and things that you wouldn't even want to mention in front of your kids. And that's what society is doing and chasing after. It's not the ultimate. It really is finding your wholeness and your completeness in Christ Jesus. But you do have to live as a single in sexual purity, in sexual abstinence. Now, again, Jeff Grinnell in his book said, love is greater than sexuality. Love is greater than marriage. And he went on and he said, if they, society, give you sex outside of marriage as okay, then why would you get into a complicated relationship like marriage? And so the world's saying, live outside, do this, do that, stay single, don't be committed. And he said, this is wrong. This is the wrong way to live single. The right way to live single is sexually pure, and if you're not gonna live that way, you say, all right, I I desire to get married. Well, then get married and live sexually pure in the marriage. I'll give you a quick list from uh, Jeff. I thought it was good, and I'll pass it on again. There's so much. I was like, I can't give all of this, but he said this, love is not defined or restricted to marriage. Somebody needed to hear that. Love can be experienced in marriage or singleness, Love is more important than sex. Love is the ideal, not a relationship status. Love is greater than marriage or singleness. And it brings us back to Jesus' endorsement of singleness. How could Jesus say, like, you know, you have love one for another? How could he endorse, like, being single and, 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 and saying this? You know why? Because the kingdom of God, the church, lives at the level of agape love, Now, we have one word for love. We say, love my dog, love ice cream, love my wife, love my car, love my job, love, same word, same word. But the Bible, in the times of the Bible, there were four words that the Greeks used. There were eros, uh, storage, phileo, and agape. Eros, romantic, even sexual, the passion. Storage, the family affection, the bond. Phileo, the brotherly love, and agape was the unconditional, steadfast, sacrificial, divine love. And Jesus is like, that's what the kingdom of God is built on. It's built on a sacrificial covenant, uh, a relationship, steadfast, it's a divine love, and that's what the kingdom is going to function at. So you're going to be able to love in the kingdom of God because that's the love that defines us. So he said, you can be complete there, living out the highest level And so if you're in the family of God and you're single, you're going to have agape love. You may never have eros love, but you're going to have agape love. And Jesus like, it's good. That's the love that we're pursuing with in the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus says that, and you can imagine that's blowing their mind. They're like, wow, he just said it was okay to be single. Okay, now just stay with me for just a moment. Then the Apostle Paul comes along and says, it's okay to be single. It's good to be single. It could be very favorable to be single in the kingdom of God. So he says in 1 Corinthians 7, 35, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So he's saying, single, married, I want you to serve him. And if you want to do this, serve him with the fewest distractions possible. And then he says this in verse 38, so the person who marries marries his fiance does well and the person who doesn't marry does even better. Now you have to understand when Paul wrote this, Rome was ruling the world. Rome didn't even have a concept of people being single. You were single until married and you were married as soon as your mother guilted you into it. You were married, you know, you're like, go. It was like as fast as you could. They would mock young men that didn't get married and they'd be like, what's wrong with you? And, And the Roman culture would mock them saying, you need to get married, you need to get married. And some of you are hearing the voice of your mom in your mind right now, but that was wrong. They were just mocking, come on, get married, get married. Additionally, when Paul says this, there was no social security. Women weren't working outside the home. It wasn't like I went to school. Of course I could be single. I have a PhD. I make this much. Of course I could take. No, that wasn't going on. There was no social security. The the social security was have a lot of kids. Have a lot of kids and they'll take care of you when you're older. And so Paul's saying, guess what? You could serve Jesus and it's good for you to serve Jesus if you're single, it's great. We endorse this and we encourage this. If you can live in that grace, do this and be single. How could he say this? Because he said the church family is gonna start caring for one another. The church family is gonna care for widows. The church family is gonna take in singles. The church family is going to support one another and stand with each other where the world says we would never do that. You have to have a marriage. You have to have it that way. And he's like, no, that's not the way it's going to be. So now singleness is now a valid option in the kingdom of God because of what Jesus said and what Paul does. And he gives these uh, directions there. I mean, it's an amazing thing. And so what's, what's so beautiful is if the church started this way and, and, God gives the endorsement to singles. Shame on us for like taking it away now. For making singles feel like, well, you're lesser than. You're almost. You're not. no. The church was started with this like go for it, singles, it's good. So again, this switch happened because in the Old Testament, it was really like be fruitful and multiply, multiply, multiply. Yeah, multiply. All right. <laughs> Flies multiply. All right. Be fruitful and multiply. Because guess what? We're looking forward to a baby that will be the savior of the world. And I want these people to be fruitful because there's going to come a baby, a savior that will be born into this world, the Messiah. When the baby was born, Jesus, now he's like, go into all the world and make disciples. Sure, have babies while you're doing that, but guess what? The baby is here. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died on the cross to pay the price for your sins. Now, this is the the moment. Now, make spiritual babies. What do I mean by that? Make disciples. Instead of just procreate, he's like, help people get born again. Help people get into the family of God. You, you're single, guess what? You still can have spiritual children. You still can be part of this, making people get into the family of God, becoming born again. The whole thing now is get people into the family of God. Get them to know Jesus as their savior, God as their heavenly father. They are spiritual children. That's how the apostle Paul can say this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you've had only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. He's like, yeah, I I wasn't your biological father, but I was like your spiritual father and I brought this to you so you could be in the family of God and I became like a a spiritual father to you and I was able to bring you into the family of God and of course, God is your heavenly father but I'm like a spiritual father bringing you into the family and, and giving birth. And that's why, even think about this, when Paul says, I'm praying that Christ will be formed in you. In Ephesians, he said, like a mother giving birth. And he said, like in the pains of birth. And he's like, I'm trying to see you formed in Christ. Have we given that much energy to birthing spiritual children? I don't think we have. I saw both of our boys being born. And I was like, you can do it, Becca. Oh my goodness, praise God. (laughs) Oh, wow, she's amazing. All right, so, and he's like, I travail like a mother giving birth, so you'll be formed into the image, so you'll come into the family of God. We're about giving birth to spiritual children. And so that's why you know it, there's that legacy there. It, it's 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 that legacy of having spiritual children. So this is what I say to Pastor Lindsay, like you have spiritual children that are going into heaven, like, I'm here because you, you helped form Christ. Like, you travailed in labor spiritually for me to be born. Jeff, you're like a spiritual father to these people right now. And they're saying, you're like a father. Do you understand? This is, this is what it's about. It's about making disciples and expanding the, the family of God. Now, Paul says there are advantages to being single and serving Christ. 1 Corinthians 7. I'm going to read this passage. He says, I want you to be free... From the concerns of this life, an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who's no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her family responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord the best with as few distractions as possible. So there's pros and cons to both. There's pros and cons. And, and there's, there's positive things about being single and there's negative things. And there's positive things about being married and there's negative things, but there's some, definitely some positive things. And by the way, some of you are like, like, it's not a contest, by the way. Like after service, don't meet with somebody like... You think it's easy being single in a sexual crazed world? Let me tell you. And then the married person says, you think it's being easy being married to her? You know, don't do that. All right. <laughs> don't do that. All right. It's not a contest. But there are advantages. Paul's letting you know right now there's, there can be a deeper intimacy with God. There can be a deeper intimacy with uninterrupted time with God. Family has two children. That's four times the possibility of sicknesses. I mean, boom, 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 boom. And your kids go through all those things. They build up the antibodies in their immune system, and they get sick. at You know, all right? So all those things. I mean, you think, like, you're you're sitting down at night. You're like, okay, I'm going to have a time. I'm just going to read this book. I want to read this book about discipleship. And it's, you know, 7 o'clock at night. And all of a sudden, your third grader comes up to you and goes, my science project is due tomorrow. And you're like, What? You, t- tomorrow? Why did you tell me about it? And you're like, and then you read the instructions and you need all this stuff. So what do you do? You're at Walmart because nothing else is open and you're with all the other parents and you're like, why does a third grader have to make a volcano? You know, and, and, you're, and you wanted to have a time with Jesus, but now you're, you're thinking things you have to repent of. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We've all been there. So you can have that deeper intimacy with God. You don't have those things. Break it in. You could take a deep dive into the local church and be involved. You could lead a couple of life groups. You could be leading something. You you have that ability to disciple someone and give that time. You could take a, a, a deeper dive into healing of what does God need to heal and work on me and freedom encounter different. You you have that. No, we all need that. We all do. I'm not saying like singles get get healthy. No, we all need to get healthy. But all of a sudden, you're like, hey, I'm going to sign up for Freedom Counter. No, you're not. Soccer tournament in Oklahoma for third grader, again, you know, and you're driving to Oklahoma. They better kick a goal, you know, and and how much is the hotel, you know, and I can't get any sleep, and you're coming home. We did it for the kids, you know. Praise God. And he miss church, and, you know, all right. How many know, like, sports demand loyalty beyond the military, like, you know, you will be there at 0700, you know, like, all right, all right. But you could deep dive into healing and things. <laughs> You're like, I think married people need healing. All right, they do. All right. <laughs> you could go for it with missions and global teams. Yep. Yeah. Missions and global teams. I mean, think, you could jump in. You could practice hospitality. You could host things. You could help with things. And by, the, by the way, on hospitality, don't invite somebody over to your house that's single to have them watch the kids. Don't do that. <laughs> invite them over to the house to be part of the mix. I was talking to one young man. He said to me, he goes, Pastor Robbie he goes, I'll, I'll never get married. He goes, I know that already. He said, I'll never get married. He goes, I wish I could tell all my friends, I don't mind being the third wheel, though. I don't mind being the fifth wheel, the seventh wheel, the ninth wheel, the 11th wheel. Whatever makes it an odd number, I don't mind. If they don't mind, I don't mind. I just like being around other adults. And if they're okay with it, I'm okay with it. I want that that. Connection. I want that community in the body of Christ. I don't want to always go to the singles table at table nine. I want to sit at the other tables with other people and be there. He's like, would you let the church know? Church, that's the way the body of Christ is. You're part of the family. Come on in. You're part of the family. And let's do this. Um, singles show the hope of the resurrection and heaven. Like, think about this. Again, going back to spiritual children, People say, well, we had our child, you know, boy or girl, and it's going to continue in the line, and they'll, they'll remember the family line forever. You know, remember, when, you, when you're single, you're, you're, you're investing in spiritual children that aren't about a legacy here on this earth that's going to pass away. You're about spiritual children that are in heaven that go on forever and ever and ever. So you're living out the resurrection. It's just a beautiful thing what's going on. I believe this, I believe there's a legacy and a name for spiritual fathers and mothers in Jesus Christ that says I'm here because of you I made it because of you you, 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 you fought you got me in and you're living that out what a, what a beautiful thing so as I close this out um, if you're single for now or forever use it for your kingdom advantage use it for your kingdom advantage birth spiritual children be about that Realize this church values you, okay? And we we want you as part of the family. You are part of the family. So use your singleness as a kingdom advantage. If you're married, use it for a kingdom advantage. All right. God's desire, I believe, is for you to thrive, to flourish, for you to use your gifts, to function in the way that he's wired you and to serve him and to find your value in him. And as you know him as Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, there's your value. There's your value, married, single, wherever you find yourself. This is a family, and we celebrate everyone that's part of our family. We celebrate every single person that's part of this family. So I'll close with this thought. This is kind of a teaching, and I'll give you this. I just felt challenged to say, what's your next step? I do believe there are some people that need to apologize for the pressure you put on someone. Maybe it's a relative or a friend, and you put pressure on them that's single, I, need, I believe there are some people that need to confess and say, I'm sorry for a wrong attitude that I had towards you. I think some need to step from here. Next step would be to validate someone and say, hey, I validate you. Uh, you. Maybe say, well, I didn't have a bad attitude towards them. There's something about validating somebody and saying, hey, I see your gift. I see the way you serve God. Thank you for the extra time you put into this. Thank you for the effort you put into our life group. Thank you for the effort you put into leading this team. Thank you. You validate them. There might be a conversation that you need to have. Hey, just can I ask you, like, do you, do you mind being the third wheel, the fifth wheel, the seventh wheel? You know, and some will say, I don't want to be that. And others will say, yeah, I'd love to be in on that. Maybe there's a conversation. If you're single, maybe you need to step up and use your time wisely. I believe this, and again, it's part of it. It's not all, but I believe there's some that need to recommit to sexual abstinence. This is a wake-up call that you've not been living singleness the way the Bible says to live it. I believe that some need to thank God and say, I have Jesus, I have everything I need, and I'm gonna be content. I'm gonna learn to be content. And where he has me, I will serve him in this spot. I will use my gifts, I'll use my talents, I'll use my freedom, I'll use my... It's for his glory and for his honor as the church is on mission, giving birth to spiritual children. So Lord, I just pray whatever the next step is for all of us here, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to just realize that This family is big. This family is strong. We have singles. We have married. We have married with children. We have all sorts of people in this church, and we thank you for that, and we celebrate that. We thank you for the unique gift that single people bring to the family of God. We pray that right now they would, again, realize there's so much here for them. There's so much here, and we don't want to feel like we're taking advantage of them, but I pray God that they would feel that we're empowering them. We're empowering them to use their gifts, to use their advantage for kingdom purposes. We thank you for that. We thank you. And again, I close with this thought. Thank you, Jesus. There's no marriage in heaven for that was on earth. It's just the covenant with you. It's the covenant that says you are our savior. We're the, oh Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you for that. And I just pray we'd live in that and take joy in that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.